My name is Kevin Tony, and you're now listening to the Uncommon Sense Podcast. Hey, everybody, what's up? And welcome back to another episode of the Uncommon Sense Podcast. And we're getting into another uncommon conversation tonight. And I got a guest on the show who I can now say is an author. Uh, he's He's been somewhat of a big brother slash uncle for years. And um, he's got a book coming out that we're going to talk about tonight. Actually, the book is out. And uh, we're going to talk about it tonight. And he's going to break it down. So uh, everybody, please give a big shout out to Mark Dorsey. What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, Kev? Good, good, Thanks man. for having me, for sure. Oh, no, no doubt. Absolutely. So... You uh you wrote a book and um I want I want to hear you talk about what the process that led you to to coming up with the book tell, and tell us a little bit about you know where you are in terms of you know moving forward with the book and 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 that whole process because you know the 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 title of the book I'm sure and the premise of it which we'll get into I'm I know that the listeners can benefit from, from the information that you brought forth. So I'll let you take it away, man. Yeah. So, um, when I, when I first started thinking about, uh, just, just taking my thoughts and transcribing them into words that people could consume, um, I found that to be the most daunting task of almost anything I've ever done in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a, there's a measure of vulnerability that, that you experience when you accept the fact that how you think about something is going to be exposed to the world uh, in print. Right. And so being being the analytical political person that I am, I, I gave a lot of consideration to just what tone I wanted the book to have. You know, did, did I want to come across as a subject matter expert? Did I want it to be whimsical and fun? And so I landed on being strategic and almost scientific, mm -hmm. right? B because, uh, so the book is called The Pattern of a Problem. And okay. and really connecting it to obviously my faith and what I understand about God, mm -hmm. uh, I, I knew that patterns existed in every single thing that God made. Right. And, and if the Bible is correct, which we know it is, Right. Then problems in your life mimic God's blessings in your life. Right. Mm, okay. There's yes. an ecosystem that everything in your life revolves around. Right. It mm. is it is layered choices. It's layered relationships. It's layered beliefs. Right. All these things that make up who you are are a sum total of choices or people. Right. And so when when I started looking at what makes a person who they are, well, the first thing that makes you who you are is your beliefs. Mm -hmm. Right. What you believe fundamentally drives everything about your existence. The next thing would be your relationships. Thirdly, and and eh, not in this order, because your health could actually precede mm -hmm. relationships. But in terms of the importance people place on relationships, I put them second. Right. And then it's health and money, right? So now, of course, every single subcategory that exists in those four pillars, 
beliefs, relationships, health, and money, you could have a thousand things that stem out of all four of those areas. But I wanted to at least construct the, the conversation in a way that those are the four primary areas that the book addresses. Right. And, and so how do you begin to identify not only problem areas, but what feeds your problem? Mm-hmm. The construction of your problem, uh, like I said, going back to the whole concept around the ecosystem, the whole construct of your problem is the direct result of feeders, mm-hmm. right? So there's a there's a tagline that I'm I'm trying to trademark or do something with. My problem's not my problem. What feeds my problem is my problem. Okay, good. So if, yeah. So if it, yeah, so if a person can identify what actually feeds the problem, contributes to the problem, and I actually call the problem an outcome, right? Because the mm-hmm. industry that I'm in, in corporate America, we deal with outcome thinking all the time. And so when you're looking at a problem, let's say for an example, and I used this example one time doing the video, if belly fat is what I'm calling my problem, that's not, not actually my problem, it's the result, mm-hmm. right? It, it's the it, it's an outcome based upon a few things. And so I show people how they can identify up to, up to I would probably say six or seven feeders that contribute to the result they're trying to change. Mm-hmm. So for me, belly fat was something that I said, well, I'm not eating the right type of food, mm-hmm. right? And before I delve into that area, I'm just going to, at a high level, grab the main things that I think are contributing to my belly fat. So I'm not eating the right type of food. I'm not working out the way I should be. And I'm not getting enough rest. Mm-hmm. So I immediately know those three things are contributing to my belly fat. Now, in each one of those areas, I then start looking at, well, what's feeding those three things? Mm-hmm. Why am I not getting enough rest? Well, I work crazy hours because I'm trying to actually have a, a job in corporate America and I'm launching a new business, right? I'm, I'm, I just finished mm-hmm. writing a book. So my sleep schedule is disrupted because I'm too busy. Right. Then I look at the food intake and I say, well, I could probably eat better food, but because I work crazy hours, I'll look in my refrigerator and realize by around 930 that I haven't gone to the grocery store. Right. Probably me being single is contributing to that as well. Mm-hmm. But essentially, so I've just identified, so I'm not getting enough rest because I'm working too much. I'm not eating the right type of food because I'm not prioritizing buying the right type of food. Mm-hmm. And then my workout schedule, I'm not committed to a trainer, some sort of regiment, et cetera. Right. I just identified six things that have participated in my excess belly fat. And mm. I can do that in 30 seconds inside my head. Wow. So what the book does is it shows the reader how to map a problem, mm-hmm. right? And once you develop that muscle, you can do that in your, in the area of your beliefs. Why am I thinking this way, right. right? What contributed to me thinking like this about this particular category? And then you go into your relationships and then you go into your health, like we just did with the belly fat right? and your money, right? What's my relationship with money? When did I, I start not appreciating or respecting the dollar, right? Mm-hmm. Excess spending, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so through that mapping exercise, when clients show up and start having conversations with me, I typically start them in their beliefs. Mm-hmm. That's, that's generally where we're going to start because like that is the foundation 
of everything that you are. And so it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an exercise that requires practice, but the moment you get it, you never lose it. Right. No, no, that's, that's all good because I think a lot of people, most, the average person, I would say they have issues dissecting the problems that they do have and, and being able to break them. Yeah. Being able to break them down in a, in a level where, you know, they're dissecting it and, you know, being able to compartmentalize every aspect of the issue that they're having. And so the book delves into that. Now, in your, in your professional experience and your professional career and the work that you're doing in corporate America, even the work that you've done in church, the work that you're doing in church, yeah. were you, were you seeing like, is this when, and I'm, I'm going to use this word from the title, but you were seeing these patterns over and over again and seeing that people weren't in a position to recognize and deal with these patterns. And so is, is that what kind of, kind of fueled the desire to, to kind of put uh pen to paper? I think, you know, I, I have to start in my own life, just, mm-hmm. just growing up. Uh, you know, we, we, we weren't raised with a lot of money. Right. So there, there were just areas of my life that I knew as I got older that I wanted to enhance and, and, and have better, just right. have a better living experience. Um, that what, what, probably precipitated the greatest amount of change was when I, I remember uh, a Jordan Peterson video years ago. uh, And he was talking about before you change the world, you should start with making your bed. (laughs) It was one of the most profound things I'd ever heard. Right. Yeah. Um, And, and so, and when I started looking at my, and of course I was looking at my life long before I came across a Jordan Peterson video but it, it galvanized something in me as it relates to the, the book writing journey, because I realized that there are a lot of people that become overwhelmed with problem solving. Right. I, I have a ton of people that engage the video content that I post mm-hmm. that very seldomly interact with it, but yeah. they'll DM me. Mm. Right. Because no yeah. one wants to be indicted as having problems in their life right Right. everybody social media is the sum total of everything looking amazing right Right. and so here comes mark dorsey talking about hey you have problems and we know it i can help you fix it Mm -hmm. and and it's it it can sometimes be an overwhelming thing and so when you the, the words you use when you compartmentalize your problem and you break it down into feeders now all of a sudden instead of that major outcome being a thing that's overwhelming you now you've got these subcategories. I'm not spending all my time in front of the computer, and I've yet to even talk about belly fat. Mm-hmm. I'm just bringing order into very specific areas that I know are contributing to the problem. And so, and so it, it really was about me stopping in my own life and doing an audit right. and saying, what areas can I fix? What areas can I enhance? And I started to see momentum to develop and all of a sudden the belly fat started going away yeah right like i I cut out sugar Mm -hmm. out of my coffee and i'll have four or five cups a day and i hadn't yet got to working out and i lost 30 pounds Mm -hmm. wow you see what i'm saying and so when you're when you're identifying the fear that's feeding the problem 
it is going to have a drastic impact on the problem itself or right. what, the, what the person is calling a problem. Right. Because like I said, my problem's not my problem. What feeds my problem is my problem. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so do you, you see, and I, and even in my own experience and in, in talking to people, you know, I learned kind of late later in, in life that it, when it comes to professional, you know, the workplace and right. something as simple as people applying for a job. And, you know, one right. of the fundamental factors that people don't consider is the number one quality that an employer is looking for is, can you solve a problem? 100%. Because yeah. if there's a, if there's a need, a position that needs to be filled, that employer, they has a, they have a problem and they need somebody to come in and they want to know, can you, can you solve this problem and come in and make an impact, uh, right. you know, on where right. we are now? And, right. and people, people don't realize that. And I think that's why so many people overthink, you know, interviews, they overthink, you know, uh, their pitch when it's, when, when they're talking to employers in those settings, now to to change from a secular to more spiritual perspective, how right. did that factor in? It, because the the two issues are parallel. They they run sure. they run parallel to each other. So how how did how do you factor the breakdown of recognizing your problems on a spiritual perspective? Well, and it's it's so you so you know I call it I call it and I don't know if I called it out specifically in the book. There is a version two of the book that's that's being released in about six months, mm -hmm. just because this internal audit within me necessitates. Because I'm, I, God's just been giving me more of a download right. uh, since I've started this journey. Uh, but you know, in the area of belief, I, I went through a couple of phases in my life where my beliefs were challenged, mm -hmm. right? Where I. I was believing God for some very specific things and they didn't happen. And the first inclination I had was to indict him. Right. And mm -hmm. so, you know, when you, when you start looking at what feeds the problem, right? God, God's not our problem. Right. God, God is so removed from our problem in terms of being the instigated instigator of it. It's not even funny. Right. And so when, when in my own life, because there were areas that did not have order, my approach to God was that he solved the areas that didn't have order. Right. I was approaching him like a child. I wasn't approaching him like a son, mm -hmm. right? Like a mature son. I was approaching him, um, dad, fix this because I've done a piss poor job at managing this area of my life. So right. I need you to do to work a miracle. Right mm -hmm. now, it doesn't mean that miracles can't be performed, but the measure of faith you have to 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 see the manifestation of said miracle hinges on your ability to. Jesus talked about it. He said the word that you that you apply priority to is the word that's going to produce fruit. Right. Right. So if I've never developed faith in an area of the word and then all of a sudden I show up asking God to do something. I've got a glitch in my belief system. Mm -hmm. And because I have disorder in other areas of my life, I'm turning to God saying, fix all this stuff. And, and when he, he doesn't, and I'm using when he doesn't in quotations, because it's right. not him, it's me, that produced disappointment in me, right? 
So the first thing I did was went back and looked at when is the first time I ever felt disappointed by God? Yeah. And just being a spiritual being, you can recall that, Mm -hmm. right? I remember recalling the very first moment I felt real disappointment that God didn't give me what I wanted. Right. And he took me down this journey and showed me every irresponsible act that led up to that moment where I needed him. Man. But his grace was so sufficient that I never went hungry, right? Mm -hmm. I wasn't destitute, but he did not allow a miracle to take place. And, and, and some could even argue for moments like this that I can, I can share this story that I now have the maturity to accept that there was a priority God was placing on my choices. Right. Right. So for, for me to choose the right path and do the right thing would produce results that would be ecosystem-esque, right? Yeah. Because now when I make the right choices and I, and I exhibit the right behaviors, the fruit of that is going to last much longer than that moment where I needed God. Yeah. Right. Right? Because if God solves that, that problem, I've learned no lessons, Mm -hmm. right? I haven't developed in any way in my character, but now that I go back and I start to make the right choices, God says, I'm going to bless the work of your hand. And now you've just started a ball in motion that is going to produce a dividend, a dividend that um, um, it's uh, there's a word we use uh, in corporate. It's sustainable. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's the old adage, you know, don't teach a man or don't give a man a fish, but teach him how to fish and he'll eat the life. Right. And that's what I, that's where I had to go back and address those gaps in my beliefs because there were indictments that I was hurling at God. And God was saying, Mark, make better choices. Right. And it'll be easier for you to believe me. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, and that says a lot. First of all, that's a heavy question to ask yourself. Like, when is right. the first time that God disappointed you? Right. And and to realize the the answer, when you come to the answer of it, you know, of whatever that, that disappointment was in your mind. And sure. when you start to break that down, and you start to find out that it really wasn't any disappointment on God's part, but it was, you know, more, more or less you that, that basically were doing what you wanted to do and not really, you know, yielding yourself to be, to be led in some way, shape or form like that. When, when you can come to that sense of reality, it, it really brings a level of spiritual maturity that right. brings a lot of freedom uh, in, in your spiritual walk when you, when you have that understanding. And so I think that that aspect of it is, is crucial, um, in, in knowing, you know, and, and it, and it, and it, because then what he gives you, you, he, God will give you an ability to describe the formula, mm-hmm. right? Because the the moment God sets you free and you begin to walk out victory in a certain area of your life, he's not doing that just for you, right? right? He's doing that because he wants you now to deliver that type of wisdom to other people, which is why I even began this journey with the book mm-hmm. because your beliefs, your relationships, your health and your money. It's a, it's a, 
when I talk about the ecosystem of who a person is, just imagine how destructive your relationships are going to be with broken beliefs. Right. With a mom and dad that didn't love you the right way or didn't speak life into you, mm -hmm. right? Or uh, uh, relationships where eating healthy, honoring your body, it's the temple of the Holy Spirit, right. and you don't grow up in an environment where that is being, that is a truth that is being communicated to you. Right. Or your money, you don't see parents or authority figures stewarding money the right way. Mm -hmm. That is going to affect not only your relationship with God, because you'll always have emergencies in your life, yep. and you'll be hoping that God solves problems for you that he really wants you to grow out of. So it will affect how you perceive God, mm -hmm. right? Your money is going to be impacted because your beliefs and your relationships. So now your health is impacted because your money's impacted. And so right. when you start to daisy chain, those four areas of your life together, it is just imagine someone growing up in poverty in Detroit, Michigan. Mm -hmm. It is so overwhelming for them to even try and figure out where the problem began, let alone how to solve it. Right. And, and so showing people how to back up and do what we call a helicopter up view, mm. right? Where you start to look at the key areas of your life. And if you wanted to just, Start in your relationships. When's the first time I got my heart broken? Yeah. Right. A lot of people are going to turn to uh, intimate relationships, you know, with the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. But let's start with mom and dad. Let's yeah. start with an uncle or an aunt. Right. Let's start with a pastor. Yeah. When's the first time you felt heartbreak or disappointment from someone in your life that you depended on and trusted? That's real. And so you, yeah, you know what I mean? So you start to see that you can get back to the genesis of a problem and then begin to address that theater, you'll look up and the thing you thought was a problem has already been dealt with. Yeah. That's powerful. That's, I mean, it, it, when you, when you can articulate it that way, and I know this is in the book, um, although this is, this information is in the book, these breakdowns, and I'm actually yeah. glad to hear you say that you're going to do a part two, six months from now, because the process is it was definitely something that was learning a learning experience for you. And I'm sure that right. you had a lot of problems in the process that you had to unpack that right. <laughs> yielded a lot of things, like a lot of material that I'm sure after he's like, this would have been good for the book. And so oh, you yeah. have to, you have to, you know, follow up uh, with that. Um, right. right. So talk, talk to me about some of the challenges that you found in the process when you, you made the decision that said, you know what, I'm going to write a book about this. And then you right. got off and got started. What were some of the challenges, some of the pitfalls, some of the things that you would do over looking back, you know, what would you change? Man, the, the biggest, the, this is to anyone thinking about an endeavor where you are trying to help other people. The moment you accept that assignment, God is going to put you through the rigors of an, of an internal audit mm -hmm. that causes you to evaluate the areas that you are saying you want to help others in. Right. And so I found myself evaluating my beliefs, my relationships, my health, and my money 
mm-hmm. all while I'm writing this book because the very words I'm putting down on paper, I'm seeing there's an area that I myself could be better in. Mm. That was the hardest part. Like that literally, uh, the Apostle Paul says, let a man examine himself. Yeah. For if he examines himself, he won't be condemned with the world. Mm-hmm. Right. The ability to self-actualize, you know, not enough people talk about it, but that self-audit was so internal mm-hmm. and it and it almost made me feel like I was being a hypocrite. Mm. Right. Just because I knew I, I can do that. Man, I can do that better. And and so pressing through, pushing through while I'm dealing with what I would call problem areas in my own life. Mm-hmm. But I understand that the the concentrated message is still necessary, right? right? Uh, just the Apostle Paul is one of my favorite people in oh, the yeah. universe. He says that I, I preach the whole counsel of God, mm-hmm. right? Which, which is to mean, irrespective of the thing that I might be having to overcome, God's counsel is not negated. I will not minimize the truth of what God wants me to say, even though there may be something I'm having to walk out of. Right. Right. And so that, that, that self audit was probably the hardest part. Second to that definitely was getting your thoughts. You know, if you, once you start doing public speaking, uh, it's a game changer because you now have to go from being conversational to, to, explicit in your points so right. that people can walk away with a beginning, a middle and an end. Right. right. What, what's the, what's the primary focus of this conversation? Right. What is it? I expect you to get from it. And then what are you going to do after you get done listening to me? Mm-hmm. Like that's what I had to do when I was writing this book is frame it in a way that I'm leaving the reader with an opportunity to exact change in their own life. Mm-hmm. Um, build a website, uh, 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 create video content to post on social media mm-hmm. to announce this is what I'm doing, right? Everything, and, be- and because I have a design background, I am probably the biggest critic of my own content, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I can even go into shooting video clips and wanting to do them in one take, right? right? I had to learn, you know, you can stop that video do an edit and then finish it up. You don't have to do right. everything in one take. So it was just a lot of growing pains. It was a lot of, it was a lot of discovery around systems and process, uh, uh, delivery methods. Um, I, I've even started focusing more on. So let's not talk so much about the problem. And I right. think like so. So version two of the book is going to be more success oriented than the problem. Itself, because if you if you prioritize for people, tell me where it is you want to be. Right. Right. Imagine in your in your mind's eye what you're trying to accomplish. And let's place that as the priority, that outcome that you're imagining. I want to marry that person that loves me and supports me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I want a six pack, whatever it looks like, you know, a a Coke bottle shape. Mm -hmm. Whatever those things are that you identify as 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 successful goals, let's prioritize that. Oh, and by the way, let's take a look at some of those problem areas that might be stopping you, you from getting there. I feel like that's more of the tone I'm going to 
illicit and right. in version two, right? right? I've just noticed that people get overwhelmed when you start talking to them about solving problems. They, yeah. they don't know what to do with it because in most cases they're overwhelmed. Right. Yeah. So yeah, so it's just been a it's been a laundry list of adjustments and tweaks and you know shifts along the way. You you shared something on your social media page on Instagram. You did a video when you were doing promo for the book. And I want you to unpack that story, if you don't mind. And I, and the only reason why I'm broaching the subject is because it's, it's out there. Sure. And I want you to talk about, you know, just to give the listeners some, some background into the mindset and, and, and the experience that they'll find when they read the book you know, from the author, because a, a lot of times you read a book, you, you know, you hear from people that a book is great, but yeah. you don't really know the author um, right. unless you go to a book signing or something like that. You kind of get, right. you know, a view, you know, like a peek behind the curtain for the most part. And you did that. Right. I think that was extremely well done with the social media campaign where you were giving little snippets and pieces of yourself to kind of, give people an, an idea of what they can, you know, get what, you know, what they right. can glean from the book. So talk about, you you know, the story that you told about while you were at Home Depot, but in your car at nights. Mm, yes. Uh, so that, that was, that was one of those moments where <laughs> uh, uh, God was, you know, so once again, we're talking about beliefs, mm -hmm. relationships, health and money. Right. So I am, um, at on on paper at face value uh, you know according to the late great kevin samuels i'm mm -hmm. a high valued man i'm making right. six figures right um i'm driving a luxury vehicle but my credit is messed up mm. and i can't get an apartment and so i'm looking for i was literally looking for a a homeowner that would be willing to, to do a private rental instead of going through you know property management or whatever and so that was taking me a little bit of time to identify somebody and so um i'm sleeping in a walmart parking lot mm. and i am waking up at around 6 a.m 6 30 getting to the home depot corporate office and i'm taking a shower at the workout facilities mm -hmm. and changing and and spending my day problem solving for home depot right Man. And I did that for a few months. Mm. And, and so I was, I was going through all of these emotional changes. Ironically enough, there, there's a, there's a piece that comes over you when you let go of external expectations, right? There, there's, there's something I've always been able to do when I can't change or fix a problem. I tend to remove myself from the stress associated with it. Right. And so it was, it was in the summertime. So it was Atlanta summer. Oh, so the weather's nice <laughs> and I have my windows down, enjoying sleeping in a Walmart parking lot, all, all <laughs> with the thought process that I'm going to fix this problem. Right. I, I yeah, it, it didn't feel like I was helpless because obviously I had a great job. Right. But at that moment, I really started prioritizing. Why are you here, Mark? Yeah. Right. You're, you're not here because there's not enough housing opportunities. Right. You're not here because you don't have a job. You're here because you did not have the right relationship with your money. Mm -hmm. And so it caused me 
to step back and and start to treat money different because what it what it had the potential to do is damage my relationship pillar right because a woman sees me as a high valued man but I can't take her back to my house because right. I'm in a parking lot and so there, there were there were all of these different areas now and I could even get into the type of food I have to buy because I'm sleeping in the Walmart parking lot, right? So mm-hmm. now I'm not eating right, right? Because right. I'm I'm pretty much eating fast food. My sleep schedule is weird because if noise happens in the Walmart parking lot, I'm waking up at two o'clock in the morning. I remember yeah. one time my battery uh, died. Oh man! Because it started getting it started getting cold, so I'm running my car. So to conser- conserve gas, it it just it turned into this ecosystem of problems that if I didn't get the primary issue addressed, all of these other areas could have easily spiraled out of control. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's the thing that I discovered, there are a ton of people walking around with a representative of themselves. Yeah. They want the world to see everything is okay. Everything looks good. But when you pull on that string, you realize Here's a prop. Here's a person that hasn't self-evaluated. Mm-hmm. Here's a person that hasn't dealt with past traumas, or they haven't dealt with broken relationships, and they're feeding themselves messages, affirmations, whatever the case may be, on social media. Their favorite preacher that's telling mm-hmm. them they're not the problem, right? <laughs> Something else is the problem, yeah. and and they're going through their life never addressing the why. Yeah. And God told me, you have to address the why. You won't get rescued from this, right? This is not something I'm rescuing you from. You're going to put the work in. You're going to to, to have, a, have a respect and an appreciation for money. Mm-hmm. You're going to pay your bills on time, right? You're going to fix your own credit through a, a series of steps that it, that it took me. And mm-hmm. it took me probably a good six months to actually get to the place where I could get my own place again. Yeah. And, and that was life changing for me. Yeah. That's, that's, that's six months of, it's a lot of teachable moments that, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And I'm telling you, and I don't even, I don't even want to ask like what side of town, like what Walmart you were in and to just think about what could happen at, two or three o'clock in the morning in a Walmart parking lot, man. I, maybe in a BMW. Right? Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about Atlanta is that in any part of Atlanta, you're probably about three blocks away from anything jumping off. Oh yeah. Right? For sure. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so let me ask this because we, you know, just kind of switching back to the corporate, side that background of it in in your process to analyze a problem and 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 just kind of master the art of breaking down the problem on a on a micro level to you know to kind of get to the root cause and then work towards solving it how much i'm asking this i'm 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 gonna throw this out there because this is something that's become popular in the last several years in corporate america okay but how much how much of a factor is it to have and recognize your own emotional intelligence when it comes into when it comes to 
recognizing and breaking down your problems. That's a, that's a, that, that might be one of the best questions I've been asked, like since I've written this book and been having conversations about it, because mm-hmm. a person's acumen, their, their ability to comprehend patterns mm-hmm. uh, uh, is necessary. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, and even when I have been thinking about the type of clients, right, that I want to do work with, um, and, and this may, I hope this doesn't ruffle like too many people's feathers. I knew that I didn't want to deal with Shanika trying to get child support payments. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like that type of problem wasn't the thing that I wanted to be involved in. Right. Doesn't mean that her getting child support payments isn't important just in terms of, where I am with my business and the mm-hmm. people that I'm trying to help. Now, Shanika can definitely buy the book. Yeah. Right. There's some there's some tips and points in that book that are going to make her life better if she just applies some of those principles. But when I'm looking at the type of people that I'm having conversations with, there has to be a certain level of intelligence emotionally, socially, mm-hmm. right? Social intelligence, emotional intelligence. Because your ability to comprehend the complexity of a problem is necessary for you to daisy chain the things that are connected to each other. Right. Right. And so if you aren't able to kind of do an assessment of your own experience and journey, like one of the things I'm working on right now is developing uh, a problem pattern score. Okay. Right. And so it's very similar to the five love languages type of score Mm -hmm. where you will score yourself in your belief your relationships, your health, and your money, right? There'll be a score, but each one of those areas will have a score. So you'll know that my strongest area is my belief. Mm-hmm. My second area of strength is my relationships, but I've got a really low score in health. Right. Right. So being able to have the cognitive power to mm-hmm. daisy chain areas of your life that need to be prioritized. Like I can help someone by explaining that, mm-hmm. but they have to have the comprehension to understand it. Right. And so, and that's not just IQ to like the, the one you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. There's some, there's an emotional intelligence that needs to be there because if I start pulling on a string and I see you resisting me, I may ramp up our conversation to challenge you in some areas and I don't want you getting offended with me. Right. Right. Because if you come to me saying, Hey Mark, I want to enhance this area in my life, then I'm expecting that you've already assessed it's an area that needs improvement. Right. So that emotional intelligence to be able to accept some of the rigors of that conversation. I like to have that in place before I even talk to somebody. Right. It's a, it's yeah. a big, it's a big thing. And, you know, I, I was, it, it came on my radar, uh, probably about four years, uh, three years ago. And okay. I went through a process where I got transitioned to, um, a new work, a new team at work for the company that I work okay. for. And yep. that manager, she was big on emotional intelligence. And I was kind of yep. like, well, I didn't really know what it was. Mm. And so, um, I immediately, because it was coming up in our team huddles and all of that, I'm like, I don't know what she's talking about. And, you know, I'm not Mm -hmm. quite sure. And so I really kind of dug in to kind of figure out what it was. I read some books and, you know, some, some, uh, some, some editorials and some blogs on it. And I kind of got a grasp of what it is. And I'm like, okay, 
if you have if if I think if people have a good grip on their emotional intelligence, that to me is a first step into learning or being able to, you know, recognize the parts and the the areas in your life that one need fixing and two, you it kind of teaches you that you're not you may not necessarily be equipped to fix it on your own, i.e. you need help or outside help or therapy or advice or what have you or some sort right. of direction. And right. so when when you when you started talking in the beginning of the conversation about, you know, the breakdown of a problem and the, you know, even the pattern of it, just recognizing the pattern, right. which which when when you use the word pattern in the title of a book, it it automatically constitutes that this is something that's repeating. It's a pattern that it that yes. re- repeats over and over again. And it's a cycle that of uh, ultimately you have to determine in yourself when and where you re- you're ready, ready and mentally able to get off the hamster wheel. And so I am, I'm excited That's about the book. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, um, I think it's great. I think it's very needful. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you're doing it, man. I really am. And I hope that, you know, it's, it's great success, uh, for you. I did buy the book off of Amazon, um, appreciate you. Appreciate you. Oh, of course. Yeah I, I, <laughs> yeah, I I bought the book and I'm looking forward to reading it. And I'm hoping that everybody that is is listening will 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 buy the book and and some of the merchandise. You got shirts um, that you got for sale on your website. Yep. All kind of merchandise. You got, I think you got uh, coffee mugs too. Coffee mugs, journals, the whole nine. I want you to, the journals. I want people to literally like be documenting. Right. Uh, It's funny you talk about those cycles. Uh, One of the things that I really emphasize inside the book is not every pattern is showing up every day. Mm -hmm. Some patterns are seasonal. Some patterns are relational. Right. Right. The the problem only shows up when your mama comes over to the house. Mm -hmm. Right. Or when that that person who's deceased, their birthday comes up. Right. And so being able to identify here is when this problem amplifies in my in my in my life, right? Throughout my day, my week, my month, whatever. If it's a if it's a, a boss or whatever the case may be, just being able to document and journal, mm-hmm. right, is something that is that is crucially important. Even if it's inside your own notes, inside your phone, right? right? Just being able to document and journal, uh, just. Oh, I just noticed the the cyclical reoccurrence of this thing. That's right. something that I'm going to track. That's going to empower you to be able to start anticipating making different choices, right? So I put the journals out there so people definitely have an opportunity to start documenting. Uh, but yeah, there's T-shirts, there's coffee mugs, uh, journals. There's some other merch that we're going to be dropping uh, as we get closer to the holiday season. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's nerve wracking because it's just me doing it. Right. I know at some point that I'm going to have, the team is going to grow, but I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. Oh yeah. It's a proven ground for sure. Um, yeah. and, and so tell people where they can, they can, uh, the, give the web address where they can get the merch. And again, if there's someplace else besides Amazon that they can buy the book, give that, give that information as well. Yep. So if you go to uh, www.thepatternofaproblem.com, uh, the link is peppered throughout the website to go to Amazon and purchase the book. 
or you can go to amazon.com directly and just type in the pattern of a problem uh, and the book is there. It's available in Kindle and uh, in hard copy. Uh, I am in the process of recording the audible version. I was so going to ask people you about can actually, that. Yeah. I'm glad it's you a, asked that. <laughs> it's a yeah. process though, right? Like yeah. you just got to, yeah, it's a process. So, and and, and uh, I'm glad to hear you say that you are recording the audio. I think yes. that's that's crucial. To me, it means something when the author does the audio version of their book and as opposed to having somebody else, you know, and I know and I've heard in some some circles that a lot of those decisions come from the publisher on who does right. the audio. Uh, right. So I'm I'm glad you had that flexibility to, to do it um, for you. And so um that's huge man. And i can so i can i can conjugate verbs so it might oh, yeah. be easier for me than someone <laughs> yeah. else but yeah you know if if you didn't have the articulation to do it i would definitely say amazon literally has a whole team of uh voiceover specialists that you mm -hmm. can literally audition oh right? wow okay yeah and so once you get into that whole kindle uh kindle direct publishing is like their publishing arm right uh, you upload a script you submit it, and then and then the voiceover art talent, uh, they audition for you. I wow. just realized that I wanted to do it myself. Yeah, very yeah. cool, very cool, yeah. man. I, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad we were able to have this discussion. Um, and, and again, I'm looking forward to reading the book. I hope that everybody will um, read the book. Uh, and and when the audio is available, that they'll tap into that as well. Make Absolutely. sure you follow uh, Mark on social media, on uh, Instagram. You're I am Mark Dorsey, right? I am Mark Dorsey. Yep. Perfect. Uh, any other social medias you want to throw out there for people to, to check in on, um, with you on? Or is IG I, I, I'm on, I, I gave in to TikTok. Uh, the conspiracy <laughs> okay. theorist in me was resisting it for a while. Yeah. Yeah, but I just said I'm turning all my location settings off in my phone so they won't have access to too many things but yeah. i am on tiktok and i am on facebook facebook is more personal there is stuff that i post related uh i am mark dorsey on facebook is my business page gotcha so they can follow me there excellent well uh ladies and gentlemen you heard it from the author himself he came in to to sit with us this uh on this show and i'm excited man thank you mark for coming in i hope that everybody will check check in with you on social media and um i wish you the best man i really do i uh, wish you the best Thank success you, Kevin. Because, i appreciate it man yeah. uh, no problem man because i know that there's a lot that people can give from this and 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 part of people's problems that they have is not knowing where to start and if right. you can create a foundation for giving people an idea of what what to do first what to examine first that's huge right. for a lot of people right. Uh, so, yeah, so it, it, just, it just requires, yeah, just, just some momentum. Yep. Right. If you get momentum, you can start building upon it and it'll start producing success in your life and you'll get used to that and want to keep doing it. Oh, so yeah. I, I appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, That's for sure. Definitely. All right. So uh, I'm going to close it off like that. We had a great conversation. Everybody, wherever you're listening, uh, no matter where you go and no matter what you do, always remember that common sense is uncommon and we'll catch you on the next show. Peace.